Author Media presents Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm your host, the professor of book marketing, Thomas Umstadt Jr., and today we're going to talk about how to build your platform while keeping your social distance. I don't need to tell you that this virus is changing the way that we live our lives, and this is something that we as authors and as a writing community need to adapt to. In the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, we see a citywide panic, and we also see two different ways to respond to that panic. There's the townspeople who panicked and George Bailey who did not. And what George Paley did during the panic set him up for the rest of his career. And what you do during this panic could do the same for you. For everything, there is a season. And right now, for authors, this is the season to develop roots, to develop your assets, to develop your foundation, rather than shoots trying to sell more books. People are panicking right now and they're stockpiling necessities, but soon they will be bored out of their minds in isolated houses full of canned food and toilet paper. And this is when they will start looking for a good book to read. Maybe it will be yours. Maybe it will be your characters and your story that help them get through this difficult time. Maybe it will be your nonfiction book that encourages them while they have nothing else to read. Now is the time to start developing your platform and building your book marketing assets. And I have a link in the show notes to an episode all about book marketing assets and how to develop them. Uh, So that once the boredom sets in, you will be ready. So here are some things I recommend in this season of social distancing. Uh, The first thing I recommend is to read books on craft. Uh, When a Toyota factory has a shutdown or some unexpected stop in the assembly line, They have special training for their workers that they've prepared ahead of time, oftentimes, where they have just training ready to go. Anytime there's a disruption, they'll pull those workers into a room and go through training on how to increase the quality of their cars. This is part of the Kaizen approach of continuous improvement that totally transformed the automobile industry. All the other automakers stole Toyota's ideas, and they all implement similar approaches. And it works really well because it transforms downtime into quality improvement time. Those workers who would have been standing at assembly lines with nothing to do because upstream from them something was broken now are learning how to do their jobs better, how to do them more safely, etc. You can do the same with your writing. You can take this downtime and transform it into a chance to improve the quality of your writing. Uh, And the authors who do this, who take this time to read books on craft, will have an edge over those who don't. So here's some books that I recommend. These are the books that I'm currently really excited about. So on writing, I'm recommending How to Write 5,000 Words an Hour by Chris Fox. And we'll have a link to all of these books in the show notes. On marketing, the book I like right now is Newsletter Ninja, How to Become an Author Mailing List Expert. This is an excellent book and one that I'm very excited to just release an audiobook version. It is one of the best email books that I've ever read, and I highly recommend it. Uh, For novelists, I recommend the How to Write a Novel Using the Snowflake Method. This is the most commented on book that we recommend in the five-year plan. Everyone finds it helpful, whether they use it or not. Pretty much everyone who goes through this book feels improved in their writing as a result of writing the book, and they also feel more informed. It's a really useful book, and if you don't know how to apply the Snowflake Method to your book, uh, then 
You really need to buy this book. I think it's $5. It's very inexpensive. And then for nonfiction, I recommend the book Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. This is a book I go to, go back to over and over again because I find it so helpful. The second way you can build your platform during this isolation period is to update your website. Chances are it's been a while since you last went through your author website. And if so, it's likely more out of date than you thought. A lot of authors make the mistake of only touching their website during major redesigns or perhaps during major book launches. And this is a big mistake. Readers would much prefer an older design with up-to-date information than out-of-date information with some flashy graphics. So go through your website and make updates. Hopefully you're running on WordPress and you know how to make the updates yourself. Chances are you do are running on WordPress. So if you don't know how to update your website, watch some free tutorials. YouTube is packed with videos that will help you figure out how to use WordPress. The advantage of WordPress is that it is so popular the videos are everywhere. So here's some tips, some things to look for while you're updating your website. First, go through and visit every single page and just look for ways to make it better. Chances are it's been a long time since you've done this. Click on the links and just see that they all still go to websites that still work. You may be surprised how many little annoyances you find while you do this and how many ways you can make your site better. Pay particular attention to your about page and update and upgrade your bio. I just did this. Uh, My old bio said I only had one child and now I have Two, it was out of date from just a few months ago. Life, hashtag life with a newborn. So uh, we have a couple of posts to help you with this. One is, is your about me page boring your readers to death? It's a blog post by Caitlin Muir. And then also an episode, how to write a crazy cool author bio. That is episode 79. As you go through each page, ask yourself, how can I make this site more useful, interesting and entertaining for my readers. And then another thing I'd recommend is go through my free course on amazing author websites. That's right. We have courses on author media and all of them cost money except for one. The one free course is on how to make your website better, how to make it more interesting to your readers and about the different kinds of people who visit your website and how to thrill them. If you thrill the people coming to your website, they will spread the word and you will sell more books. You'll get more traffic. You'll have a bigger, more powerful platform. You can't lose. The third thing you can do to build your platform is to go over your traffic and sales numbers. Go over your Google Analytics and see which pages are more popular on your website, which blog posts are getting more visits. The blog topics that get the most visits, blog on those things more. It's really easy to set up Google Analytics on your website. Promise yourself you'll go through the numbers and then never get around to it. Well, now is your chance. (laughs) This is your best opportunity because you've got nothing else better to do. You're stuck at home, so you might as well go over your traffic numbers. But also look at your sales dashboard. Look at your marketing numbers and see what you can learn. I have a couple of episodes to help you with this. Uh, One is how to track your marketing efforts, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And the other one is how to use marketing data to sell more books. These go hand in hand. So the first step is to track and set up tracking. So for you, that may be the first step if you're not tracking your marketing efforts. And we do talk about ways that you can track as a traditionally published author, although I will say one of the advantages of being independently published is that you get better sales data. 
which helps you make better marketing decisions, which is why indies have kind of an inherent marketing advantage over traditionally published authors. Uh, and then the second episode is what to do with that data, how to use that marketing data to actually sell more books. Because having the data is of no value if you don't know what to do with it. And I break it down and make it very easy. I really encourage you to listen to those episodes. Uh, the fourth thing you can do during this season is to write and schedule blog posts. Uh, WordPress and the other major blogging platforms as well allow you to schedule blog posts to come out in the future. So you can take this time to build up a nice big buffer of blog posts. And for you novelists, this is a technique that you can work into your stories, right? You could have someone in your story who has died, but they had a buffer of blog posts that keep coming out. I think this would be a great element to work into a novel where in the Blog posts are being posted by a dead man, <laughs> giving away clues and hints to the protagonist as he races to find the answers to the question that drive him forward. You're, you're welcome to steal this idea <laughs> for your next novel. Uh, I need to do some more episodes on blogging. We did a lot on blogging back in the day, and it's been a while. Uh, I do have a course on how to craft excellent blog posts. The course is only $30, and patrons save 50% on top of that, so it's only $15. It's a great practical course on how to make better blog posts. And if you've never learned the art of blogging specifically and how it's different from article writing or book writing, this course is particularly useful. Uh, the next thing that you can do during this season of isolation, of separation, is to host a Facebook Live for your readers. People are longing for connection and community right now. And as writers, a lot of our work is from home. And so our lives may not be that disrupted, but that may not be the case for your readers. They may have gone from being around people all day long at work to being home alone by themselves and their dog all day long. That is traumatic. That is difficult. And if an author that they love, an author that they respect is hosting a Facebook Live, they may be longing to come to that Facebook Live if only for that screen-to-screen human connection. Now, Facebook Live has been declining as a strategy. Uh, Facebook has been modifying the algorithm where free lives videos don't go out to as many people. And so in general, they're not as hot of a tactic as they used to be. But I think for the next couple of months, there will be an exception. This will be the last best time to host a Facebook Live with your readers. And I suspect you'll get more viewers than normal during these next few months as more people are home and more people are looking for opportunities to connect. Because the beautiful thing about a Facebook Live is that it's interactive. People can ask questions, people can make comments, and it, it is more satisfying emotionally for the viewers than watching, say, uh, television or Netflix, which is uh, non-interactive. And uh, we do have an episode on this if you want to learn more about Facebook Live. The title of the episode is How to Host a Facebook Live for Your Book. <laughs> we link to it in the show notes at authormedia.com. And the sixth thing you can do to build your platform is to start a podcast. Uh, podcasting is the hot thing in book marketing right now. 90% of USA Today bestselling authors have a podcast presence, either as a guest, as a host, or both. Uh, that said, there's a lot of genres that currently have no podcast presence representing that genre, especially micro-genres, especially micro-genres outside of fantasy and science fiction. So uh, there's a lot of podcasts covering uh, the more speculative genres because the authors of speculative genres tend to be a little more cutting edge with their embracing of technology. It fits. It's a part of their mystique and they lean into it. But there's a lot of micro-genres outside of sci-fi that don't have a single podcast. If you started the podcast around your micro-genre 
it could be career establishing. And it's a career defining opportunity and one you don't even need to be published to take advantage of. If you're the first person to market or with a podcast all about Amish fiction, suddenly you, you become a player in Amish fiction. That is a great place to be. Now, starting a podcast takes a lot of work. It's the perfect kind of project to take on while you're holed up in your house. And my plan for my next solo episode is going to be all about how to start a podcast. So stick around. That episode will be coming soon. I have a bunch of interviews recorded, but I will be making that how to start a podcast episode very soon. Uh, in the meantime, I do encourage you to listen to the episode How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest Overview. I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes. Uh, being a guest on other people's podcasts is great training to see if you want to take on a podcast yourself. Because I will say, podcasts are a lot of work. They're a lot of responsibility. They're a little bit like getting a puppy dog. They're fun at work at first, but they're a lot of responsibility over time. And you have to be committed to feeding that puppy every single day. You can't skip a single day feeding the dog, and you can't skip a single week making your podcast. So uh, do keep that in mind. Starting a podcast is not for everyone, and it does require a lot of commitment. But being a guest does not. You get a lot of the benefits without all of the responsibility. It's like babysitting somebody else's puppy. <laughs> so you get to play with the puppy, but then at the end of the weekend, you get to give the puppy back. Uh, the seventh strategy for building your platform during this time of separation is to attend some author webinars. Uh, pretty much all of the upcoming writers events have been canceled and more cancellations are coming. As a result of my being in the position that I am with the podcast and speaking at lots of events, I get to hear about events and cancellations while they're still being planned. And depending on how the virus goes, we may see a lot more cancellations of writing events uh, throughout the rest of the year. Now, to help with this, I'm planning to host a series of free training webinars on the same topics you would be learning about at writers' conferences, giving, in some cases, the same talks, exact same talks I would be giving at writers' conferences. And these are going to be free. This is just my gift to the community and if you want to be kept in the loop about these upcoming webinars, you have to be on our newsletter because that is where I'm going to be making the announcements and posting the links uh, to sign up for the webinar. So go to authormedia.com or novelmarketing.com. Either of those will get you to the right place. Sign up for the newsletter and you will be notified when to come to the webinars. The first one I have planned is on Facebook advertising and Amazon advertising. So if you're curious about advertising and you want to hear my seminar level talk on it, I'm going to be giving it away for free on a webinar. So do sign up at authormedia.com. And I will say I'm not the only person hosting extra webinars for authors during this time. Some of the conferences are creating online versions of the conferences. And I encourage you to go to those. Take this opportunity to grow your roots, grow your knowledge, build your foundation so that once the storm is passed, you will be well prepared for the bright springtime that is ahead. So uh, another thing that you can do during this difficult time is to ask your readers if they need any help. As an author, you hold a position of influence, especially in the eyes of your readers. Ask your community if they need any help. Be a voice of calm in these uncertain days. We have two crises going on. It's kind of like when the hurricane hit New Orleans. There was two crises at the same time. There was the wind of the hurricane, but there was also the flooding of the levees breaking. That's what we're facing right now with COVID-19. There's the actual virus that is making people sick and some people are dying. 
But the second crisis is the panic. It's people going out and buying all the toilet paper they can buy, creating no toilet paper for the next person, even though there's no disruption to the toilet paper supply. You, as an author, can be a voice of calm. You can be George Bailey standing on the counter telling everyone, don't panic, don't sell your souls to Potter. That's exactly what he wants. We all have to come together during this difficult time. And as an author, use your influence for good to be a voice of calm. Point your readers to authoritative sources and not to fake news. Do your part. Be a good citizen. So some of your readers may need prayer. Some of them may need something tangible that you can give, something that maybe you can leverage the power of your community to meet that need of one of your readers. Just imagine if you brought your community together to help one of your readers, what a community establishing event that would be. Some of them may just need encouragement, maybe some one-on-one encouragement where you reach out to them individually. Do for the few what you would like to do for the many. Uh, Another thing you can do during this time of social separating is to craft an onboarding sequence. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, an onboarding sequence is a series of emails that drip out to your new subscribers over the course of a few weeks. These emails introduce yourself to the new subscribers. They introduce them to your writing. They kind of get them on board with what you're doing, kind of get them familiar with what makes you weird, what makes you different, what makes you special. And that way, when they get your regular newsletters, they know who you are. Almost all authors know they need to write an onboarding sequence for their email list, and most of them have not gotten around to it yet. This is your chance. This is your friendly reminder to do the things you know you need to do. It only takes a couple of hours, and once you're done, you're done. These uh, An autoresponder, these emails go out automatically after someone's been subscribed. You know, Maybe the first email goes out an hour after they've been subscribed. Maybe the next email goes out the next day, and the next email goes out three or four days after that. It's all automated. So once you set up your automation, it is automated after that, and it continues building your connection with your readers, and selling books for years to come. There may be a time for you to revisit your onboarding sequence. And for the handful of you who do have an onboarding sequence, this is your reminder to check on it. Make sure the information is up to date. Just like you're checking on your website to make sure the information is up to date. Check on your onboarding sequence to make sure it's up to date. And if you're using an email provider that makes it difficult to create an onboarding sequence like MailChimp, this is an excellent time to switch to MailerLite or ConvertKit. I have affiliate links to both of those. Uh, I've used both of those and tested both of those. MailerLite is a little bit uh, less expensive and it's also not quite as powerful and it's a little bit harder to use. But if you're really on a budget, MailerLite is excellent. And ConvertKit is the Cadillac. It's beautiful. It's so easy to use, so powerful, but it is a little bit more expensive. So I do encourage you to check out both of those tools. I personally switched from MailChimp to ConvertKit, and I've helped a lot of authors switch, and none of them have regretted it. In fact, uh, none of them have wanted to go back. ConvertKit is just that amazing. I have had clients switch to MailerLite and then switch back to MailChimp in a tragedy of tragedies. So uh, just keep that in mind. They're both good, but ConvertKit is better. It's also more expensive. Now, the 10th thing to do uh, during this time uh, to make the most of the time so you're not just binging on Netflix, and it's okay to do some binging on Netflix, you know, emotionally recover from all of the, you know, drama of the last few weeks. Uh, But the thing I would recommend after you've binged your sufficient amount of Netflix is to switch your video watching from Netflix 
to online courses. This is a time to finish those online courses that you've been meaning to take. Online courses can change your life, but only if you, you know, actually take them. <laughs> My little brother is basically skipping college and going straight to getting skills directly with online courses. And he has become quite well paid <laughs> for, and without accruing any college debt. And that's how, and now I'm not recommending that for everyone, uh, but he has some special health challenges that keep him from going uh, to university. And he's been able to supplement with online courses very effectively. You can do the same. There's basically nothing you can't learn in an online course, except for maybe medicine. <laughs> you can't become a doctor on an online course, at least not yet. Uh, although if the virus keeps getting worse, who knows? Maybe even that will have online courses uh, to get you up to speed. But I'll say this again, signing up for an online course, paying for an online course is not enough. You won't learn anything unless you take the online course. So take this time at home. You've got the time. Put it to use going through some online courses. If you're looking for some online courses, of course, we have a bunch. There's a lot out there. Uh, there's some really excellent online courses for authors. This isn't really a commercial for anyone in specific. It's more a commercial for the ones you've already purchased that takes you go in and finish them. Maybe you started it and you didn't finish it. Well, now's the time to finish it. Uh, one final bonus tip, and that is to write another book. This is a perfect excuse, a perfect opportunity for you to hunker down and write your next book. If you just turned off the news, you know, check in once a day to make sure the world hasn't burned down. But other than that, turn off the news and focus all of your attention in your own story world or in your own nonfiction book that you're writing. You will be happier. <laughs> you will be less stressed. And at the end of this stressful time, you will have written another book. And isn't that a great idea. Like, don't, don't you want that in your future, having written another book? Because watching the news around the clock, while it satisfies you emotionally, it doesn't feed you it, emotionally. It doesn't feed your soul, and it doesn't help put food on the table. It doesn't take much to kind of keep up with what's going on. You just go to the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization or whatever, for whatever country you're in, uh, the local equivalent, get the highlights, uh, often in just five minutes, you can know what you need to know. Everything else is unnecessary drama. If you take that drama out of your life and spend it writing a book, it will be amazing. I, I know you're you're not you're doubting me, but I challenge you. Just take one day, spend turn off the news for one day, write that whole day, and see how you feel at the end of it. I would, and then let us know on the Facebook group. Post to the Facebook group and let us know what that day of writing was like. Then connect that with another day of writing and so on. And soon you'll have a book. Take what you're feeling, the panic that maybe you're feeling, the fear that you're feeling, the anxiety that you're feeling, and put it into your story. Let your characters feel those emotions. It will make your story more visceral. It will make it more resonant with what readers are feeling right now. And it gets it out of your system. Everybody wins. Uh, our sponsor today is Author Media Mastermind Groups. If you're feeling lonely and you're wanting to connect with other writers who are serious about their craft, uh, I would encourage you to consider one of our Author Media Mastermind Groups. Uh, you'll get personalized face-to-face -face training from me from the safety of your own home. And if you've ever wanted to pick my brain in person, this is your chance. Uh, once you join a mastermind group, you get access to our exclusive masterminds-only Slack channel, which is very active and very fun. And you also get access to our monthly mastermind hangout 
Each group is limited to only 10 people. So we really do get to know you and you get to not just pick my brain, but you also get to uh, learn from the other masterminds. You'll get their tips and feedback on your writing and on your marketing and also see the questions they're asking and learn from their mistakes as they learn from yours and also learn from their successes. It really is a great experience and I really do see a difference in results between people who are in a group like this and people who are just listening to the information on a podcast or a webinar. It's, it's very useful to have a group of people who are walking with you and encouraging you to put what you're learning into practice, holding you accountable to hit the goals you set for yourself and so much more. So I do encourage you to check that out at authormedia.com. Uh, our featured patron today is Deborah Diaz, author of Woman of Sin. Elysia of Athens is sold into slavery during the turbulent reign of Tiberius Caesar. Uh, when she runs away, she finds herself in the battle-torn land of Palestine, where her life is changed forever. So thank you, Deborah, for being a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast, helping us stay on the air. I really appreciate it. And if you would like to become a patron and help support the podcast, uh, you can do that. We'll have a link in the show notes to becoming a patron. And patrons get a bonus episode. At the $25 level, you get your book featured in the episodes. But at any level, you get a, the bonus patrons-only episode every month. And if you can't afford to become a patron and you still want to help the show, you can. Just share this episode with one person you think would find it helpful. Uh, when my son Tommy was born at the end of December, our pediatrician encouraged us to practice social distancing for the first two months since it was flu season. So we have been doing social distancing all year long. In fact, just about the time our period of cocooning, which is uh, the term that's used when you have a new baby, you cocoon for the first two months, protect that tiny immune system. So we made it to church one time, one time before we had to stop because of the COVID-19 concern. We all had a, a very minor cold. We were coughing. It may have just been allergies, but I didn't want to go to church coughing. And then the next Sunday, church was canceled. All the churches in town were canceled. So social distancing is something that we have some very recent experience with. And uh, I'm not super excited to go back in to another two months of social distancing, but I have learned some things about this. And, and I want to share just real briefly some of the things I've learned. One of the ways that we've gotten through it, or at least that I've gotten through it, is the mastermind calls that, I've, that I do have, been, have given me an opportunity for human interaction uh, through the screen, which has been really helpful. But we've also been FaceTiming a lot with our grandparents. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you can do this via uh, Skype or even Facebook Messenger is probably the best way because chances are your grandparents are on Facebook or your kids' grandparents are on Facebook and you can do video right there on Facebook. Uh, another tip, get dressed and clean the house. <laughs> do it for your own mental health. The temptation is to wear your pajamas all day and let the house become a mess. And I'll tell you, if you let that continue, it will drive you crazy. You'll get very sad. I know because I have been there. Now, it's a challenge, I realize, especially if you have more children at home than normal. And it's definitely a challenge for us. And I'm not saying to have a perfect house, but you have to constantly work at it to have a clean enough house so that you are emotionally in a good space. Because it's one thing if your house is messy and you're out of the house all the time at a clean office. But if you're in a messy house all the time, at least for me, I found that it's uh, it's no good. So trying to keep my office clean, trying to keep the house clean, try to help with that. I'm very thankful for my wife because she's much better at that, at all of that than I am. Uh, but it is a, a team effort and it is important for our uh, mental well-being. 
Uh, it is not important, apparently, for the well-being of our children. <laughs> My daughter has a superpower that she can take anything that is unclean or anything that is clean and make it into something that is unclean. She can take anything ordered and make it disordered. She is surprisingly powerful at this. She's only 16 months old, and yet she can uh, create chaos anywhere. <laughs> so everything at two feet down or below, if she can get her hands on it, she will scatter it. She does it very enthusiastically, uh, and it is cute to watch, but it does create quite a mess. Uh, another thing I'd encourage you to do during this time is to focus on what you have, which is more time with your closest family members, rather than on what you don't have, which is the ability to go out and do the fun things that you were doing. And for those of you who have been uh, laid off or cut down in hours, think of it as being time rich rather than being cash poor. I realize that financially this is difficult. Trust me, I've been there. When I went through that season of pruning last year, we lost a massive chunk of our revenue. And I'm the sole breadwinner for our family. So when I gave up the plugins and I gave up all the other business lines, I was giving up very real money. Uh, so I have been there. And, but, uh, and if, you fo- if you're just looking at the money that you don't have, you'll really get discouraged. But if you look at the time that you have and how you're suddenly rich with time and that, that wealth needs to be well invested, you'll get through this difficult season much better. And that's, I guess, kind of the theme of this whole episode is to see yourself as time rich and be responsible with those riches so that they will pay back with more riches. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. We're going to do it as a community, and we are going to get through this. And at the end, we'll have some amazing stories uh, to tell our children. I'm already looking forward to telling my kids what this was like since I don't think any of them are going to remember it, but it is going to take time. So pace yourself. Be a good steward of the resources you have, the hours that you have, the minutes that you have, and uh, work on your foundations now during this difficult time, uh, just like a plant does, right? When it's winter and it's hard, that's when the plants are growing their roots. And then when the sun comes out, they're ready to grow. And that's what I want for each one of you. I want you to grow both in roots now, and then I want you to grow in shoots later. Uh, You've been listening to Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast. If you want to find the show notes for this episode or to get new episodes delivered to your phone automatically, you can visit novelmarketing.com. Dot com. Thanks for listening.